the drama kick, the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, 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 let the drama kick die. Let the drama kick, the drama kick die. It's officially live. Welcome back to a new and improved Mental Dimes podcast. Uh, been way too long since the last time we embraced the world with our thoughts and minds. Um, Coach and Phil here, ready to bring talk all things uh, NFL draft coming up. Two great guests on. We've got Aaron Current, our lead NFL writer on the site. And then we have fantasy football commissioner, longtime Broncos fan, Blair Kenneber. Guys, Wade Blair. Wade Blair. <laughs> How you guys doing? <laughs> Uh, we're, we're only 32 minutes late, but uh, I'm glad we could get your camera situation worked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll just might as well just jump into it since some of us got to get to bed here in a minute. Um, NFL drafts coming up starts this Friday night. Um, Thursday. My Thursday. bad. Sorry, I've, I've been staring at the. If they tune in Friday, they're gonna miss the first round. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's on Friday too, though. Yeah. So the only draft, the every, the only rounds people really are going to watch Thursday night, uh, first and second round. Is that correct? Before I say anything, a lie. Man, don't know. I mean, speak speak for yourself, man. I watch them all. I'm a nerd. I'm all right, all right. Yeah, you got to watch them Thursday, Friday, Saturday, man. You got the first round on Thursday, second, and third on Friday. Yeah. I don't, I, I wait till the fifth and sixth round to start watching myself. <laughs> I mean, that's when the good players show up. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got to fill out your squad, man. Yeah. Um, so, a lot, a lot of big things happen. And the first thing I want to dive in on, and we're going to go around the table here, um, this is probably the craziest, most exciting offseason um, to date, just in my experience with the NFL. I know each of y'all uh, probably been doused in it more. Uh, Big-name players getting traded, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, um, Tyreek Hill, Monte Adams, list goes on. Um, let's start with you, Blair. Um, who would you say was the most notorious trade that went down for you? Well, I mean, man, you've got to go Russell Wilson to the AFC West. That's uh, it, it. Got a kick started with all the guys just coming to the division. I mean, you got to think of that, man. Uh, you got Chandler Jones, Khalil Mack, Devonte Adams. And, I mean, everybody, of course, if you've got the Chiefs winning six straight division titles, everybody's in a win-now mode. And you can't just let Mahomes and Andy Reid keep going that doing it year after year. So, with Russell Wilson coming, that was really the missing piece on the Broncos' side to be able to get that next step and be able to compete at that next level and take over that division. You would you would name a Broncos. I mean, uh, who else would who else would I go with? <laughs> what about, what I mean, about you, Aaron? He's 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 saying that as a biased Broncos fan, but he kind of has a point. Uh, he, they 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 did. I don't know about taking over the division now. The the Bears the Bears being a Broncos fan, you should remember this. The Bears we thought we were a quarterback away at one point. We traded for a young twenty six year old Pro Bowl quarterback. He was the missing piece. And uh, we didn't do nothing. So, uh, 
don't count your chickens before they hatch. That's what we say down here. But I'm, uh, I'm just having to go ten years back when they got Peyton, you know, in the same type of way. But they got it in free agency, so uh, yeah. you know, I've got my hopes up. That's what I'm comparing I, it to. Hey, I don't, I don't blame you. The Bears were in on uh, Russell Wilson last year, so uh, y'all got him a year later and gave up a boatload for him. And the AFC West is going to be fire this year. I mean, there's. We talked about it before we got on. Like you just said, Devontae Adams came to the came to the division, and you know everybody's chasing after the Chiefs. It seems like um, making all these moves, and then the Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill. That's a, I mean, that's an insane. I definitely did not see Tyreek Hill leaving the Chiefs. There's, I thought there was no way they're going to get rid of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I thought that was. And we'll talk about that more on, but just speaking on Tyreek Hill, I don't care if you had 10 draft picks spread out between 10 years. I mean, to, I don't know if there's another guy as faster than Tyreek Hill or, or more electric, and you just took him away from a, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So you it, that one just it still don't make sense to me. But but moving on to that, we'll talk about free agents. I know um, you know, you mentioned Russell Wilson being a big time trade that went down. But Aaron, who do you think? Uh, was probably the most notable free agent signing that that's going to have the biggest impact. It, it's tough for me to like really put a finger on a, a huge free agent signing that I, you know, off the top of my head that I can think of most of the, most of the big new, the big moves that I think of are all trades, you know, uh, people were getting stuff for, for other people. Like you said, you mentioned Khalil Mack and, and the, these are all trades. I, I can't really think of a, Huge free. I mean, Christian Kirk, money wise, was a huge free agent. (laughs) Right. He kind of kicked off. He kind of kicked off all these wide receivers saying, hold up. If if, if he's getting that, (laughs) you know, I think Tyreek Hill tweeted out the eye emojis when he saw his contract. And and that's kind of that kicked off part of that trade. He was like, if if that's what he's getting, y'all gonna pay me, you know, and they were like, We'll take five draft picks for you. I ain't gonna pay you that. <laughs> yeah, good for him locking up that deal. Um, I'll let, I I have a feeling I know what Blair's gonna say, so I'm gonna skip him. But for me, Von Miller signing with the Bills is probably um, huge for two reasons. I, you know, it, it kind of separates himself from the Rams, and then you give a loaded Bills team somebody like Von Miller. Um, to me, that was just a big free agent that kind of stuck yeah. out. Uh, for me, uh, Blair, I'm assuming that's what you're going to say. No, I, you know, Vaughn didn't even cross my mind, to be honest, but seeing him sign a massive, I mean, third contract, you you, you rarely see that in the league. His age, yeah. I mean, he is, what, 32, 33 years old and signed a five – I believe it was a five-year contract. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just massive. But, uh, you know, I'm trying to think uh, – I'm kind of same same way. I can't, all everything's looking at trades is what is coming to my mind. Uh, was Devonte was Devonte a free agent? Did he end up just signing with the Raiders, or was he traded? He he traded for a first and a second. But uh, being a Broncos fan, um, who was the you guys got Randy Gregory? That was a pretty big free agent <laughs> signing. I mean, he kind of. He kind of just jumped away from Dallas for basically the same deal, wasn't it? That's what yeah, I yeah, you're exactly. Yeah, it was a last minute thing because he had already 
agreed uh, with terms to, with the Cowboys. And the crazy mm. thing about that, they put something in his contract where if he got in trouble, um, you know, he has a little bit of marijuana issues here. In the yeah, past. yeah. So, uh, it's they, legal yeah. out there in Denver, though. Yeah, yeah. That's funny, yeah. man. They put something in his contract that if he was suspended – that he would not be paid like, you know, all the guaranteed money that they signed. So his, him and his agents like, Hey, I don't like this wording in here. So uh, maybe we can get something else. And sure enough, Denver came right back and he flipped same day. And he's like, you know what? I think I can take my talents to Denver <laughs> and maybe yeah. partake on the side as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? I mean, if you're going to do that, you know, can't blame the guy. Well, I mean, well, I, you see down at the bottom here. It's all about the receivers. <laughs> I typed that up. Man, I, I just, I was looking up today, and these receivers are getting crazy money. You said, Kirk, you know, seventy-two million. Uh, Williamson for the Chargers, sixty million. DJ Moore, Carolina, sixty-one million. Godwin, sixty million. I mean, these are guys that are not the premier top five receivers getting sixty million. So what are these guys? What's Devontae and Hill? And I mean, these guys, their numbers could be record changing deals to me. And it's what a great time to be a receiver in the NFL when you know, <laughs> hey, I can get any number I want, honestly. I mean, let's give it a shot. Why mm -hmm. not? So I yeah. think these receivers know that I mean it's a quarterback league, yes. But mm -hmm. are they the number two guys after the quarterback that are gonna start getting the big money? Well, it's kind of a trickle down effect. When you see guys like Rogers getting forty million a year, you get uh, Mahomes getting forty million a year. That that money's they they've they've got a cap that they have to stay under. So that's why they lose their number one receiver because they can't pay both of those guys and yeah. still be competitive. And this also has a trickle down effect with the draft that we'll talk about later because this is a heck of a draft class for wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So if if you're the Packers, you're like, why would I pay? You know, Devontae Adams, the same amount I'm paying Aaron Rodgers or close to it, when I can get, you know, um, a Chris Olave in the draft or a Drake uh, Drake London out of USC and try and piece together uh, on a rookie contract, try to piece together some uh, sustained success. So, so what it's showing to me is that these high-end receivers are going to play with middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks. So your top quarterback, money wise, yeah, 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 yeah. Your big time. So you got a uh, Hill going to the Dolphins, playing with a quarterback who's unproven. You got Devontae going to the uh, Raiders, who's playing with a quarterback who hasn't won the playoff game. I mean, you're going to big time receivers going to play with quarterbacks who haven't made that step to make that big payday yet. Mm -hmm. And and I think this will have a trickle down effect on defensive backs in the future as well. Yes. Uh, you're going to see Jalen Ramsey saying, "You're going to pay me to lock down <laughs> this 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 wide receiver. You're going to you're going to pay me for it. If, if I'm going to pay what I'm what I'm worth in in their eyes, and, and these you, TV deals are insane that the NFL is making. So we'll just continue to see the salary cap jump. I'm sorry, Blair. I'm taking over the show here i, I do this all the time uh, <laughs> you do, you do, I, I, I think you make a great point on the defensive back and you know for jalen ramsey's sake you know hey if i'm shutting this dude down pay me what he's getting paid or even more right i think that's a i think that's an excellent point um so my biggest problem 
with um, and I don't know. I, I know you guys are a big fan of my articles that I publish since y'all are my frequent readers, especially Blair. He enjoys reading all my old stuff. Um, Every single but, one. Know, I am 100% anti-NBA. I hate the NBA. I don't even, you know, I rarely even enjoy talking about it. Hate it. But the thing that, the reason the NBA sucks is because there's no loyalty between um, player and franchise. You know, big name players are jumping um, constantly. Harden's jumping. LeBron James already said he's fixing to leave, even though, you know, he was the happiest man in the world three years ago. He um, built that Lakers team. Yeah, Where is he going now? Yeah. <laughs> what franchise is he going to mess up again? Um, and so, and, and even though the this movement's exciting, um, it's almost got this feel like the NFL is trying to, these players are turning into the NBA players where there's nothing wrong with chasing your money. And, and that's not what I'm saying. But at some point, I just, I don't want it to turn into NBA where players are jumping ship, demanding trades you know, every single year. And, and that's to me, it seems to be the, seems to be what is going on now. What do y'all think? Mm, in, a, in a sense. Go ahead. Yeah, I think instead of just, I think some of the players are more chasing and trying to build up the super teams that you might see in the NBA more than just straight up chasing money. I think you might have some players that, are willing to take maybe a hometown discount or, you know, go play with, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You hear a lot of these players uh, even tweet directly at one of their uh, cross division rivals by saying, uh, after watching a spectacular play they made on Sunday, hey, I'd love to, you know, watch or play with him sometime. So I think you might see that a little bit more than, just chasing the money by looking to build a super team like the NBA, you, you know, you've seen with LeBron. The, the difference is, in my opinion, uh, number one, if, you know, the way James Harden did it, he was just like, well, he just kind of quit on his team, started putting on weight and he wasn't in shape. And now you see him, you know, with the Sixers just not living up to, to, expectations what they expected when they got a James Harden if you if if you see Debo Samuel start putting on weight so he can get out of San Francisco <laughs> it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be pretty for him you know what I'm saying and yeah. I remember maybe I'm older than you guys I don't know everyone's age here but the Philadelphia Eagles but when they built that dream team I believe they had Mike Vick and they signed uh, at the time the big corner name was uh Osamawa, I believe, was his name. Oh, and yeah. They came out and they, they said, you know, we're the dream team. You know, we're the team to beat. I think that team didn't even make the playoffs or something. So it's, 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 it can go either way. Like you see the Miami Dolphins, you talked about Tyreek Hill and uh, going over there and they got, um, who's the guy that drafted last year? Waddle. Oh, so yeah. it's all on, it's all on Tua, who's on his rookie contract, which is why they have money to, to spread around like that. Um, but it's going to be all on Tua to put up or shut up, or we'll be seeing – I mean, if they don't see it work, I don't see it continuing that way. The, the last dynasty that I can think of in the in the salary cap era would be the, the Patriots when they had Brady, and that was because he took less money to play with, you know, to, to make everyone around him better. You know, go get me a Randy Moss. They were not defeated that season. They lost the Super Bowl, but, you know, that's the only time that he had the 
quintessential the dude, you know what I'm saying? You know, other than that, he was playing with Welker and Edelman and Amendola and, you know, I mean, Gronk, I guess, was a beast, but uh, I just don't see the super team. If it don't, if they don't succeed, then everyone's going to want to get paid. I don't see it being sustainable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's sustainable one bit just because from a money standpoint, if they're wanting to get out at, right after that one year's up, but you look at less need over at the Rams, it seems like, you know, it's a win-now mentality instead of building a dynasty, to your point, with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's kind of what is interesting now with the NFL, maybe how they're pivoting with a, a few different teams and general managers. Hey, let's just win the Super Bowl, get some good guys, get them in, and then, you know, they disperse, just like, you know, Vaughn signed him mm-hmm. free agent, and now he's back at the Bills. Hey, is that what the Bills are trying to do now? Right. Well, speaking speaking about what the Rams are trying to do, um, you know, I, I've obviously got my opinions, but would, would you and – it, and it's all a matter of who you got, but win now versus um, build for the future, you know, there's no guarantees what's going to come in the draft. Um, and to me, and to be honest, I've been hearing that the Jaguars have been rebuilt for 13 years. They still they've can't win a game. Rebuilt my whole life. They've been rebuilding there, yeah, ever since I I've started watching NFL football. You know, I, and, and so if you're a GM, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a proven player like Tyreek Hill to come and instantly boost you, or would you rather have the five draft picks and say, "Hey, I'm here. I'm going to try to try to gain some longevity." Um, you know, what if you had, if you had, let me just ask that question, Maynard, you can leave me off. If you're a GM, are you winning now? Or are you, are you building for the future? I mean, every, every we live in a win now society. We want stuff now, 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 now. So, I mean, why not go out and get that guy that's, Hey, I know this guy can do it. You know, that's a lot better than getting a guy saying, well, I don't know if he can or not. He did it in college. I don't know if he can do it in the pros. So, Trade those. I, I kind of like the trading the picks. I, I've done my little research on this and looked it up, and and I did. I guess I didn't know that he had traded away so many picks. What no first round pick since 2016, and doesn't have one till 2024. That's awesome. Yeah, he won't have that pick either. And yeah, uh, yeah they'll, they'll trade some more away. So they won. They won a Super Bowl. They did their job. I mean, that's your job as a GM is to put the players in place to win a Super Bowl. So I like it. Trade them away. Well, a lot of people talk about the Rams trading away first-round picks and not having one since Jared Goff. They actually do make a lot of draft picks. They just grab those guys. You remember what we talked about when I came on, talked about building through later rounds in the draft? Remember when I said that? That's kind of what the Rams have done. I mean, yeah, they've traded for superstars. So so basically they're like, is any first-round pick that we get this year better than Jalen Ramsey? Probably not. So let's go get Jalen Ramsey. Are any of these first-round quarterbacks that we can get this year better than Matthew Stafford? Probably not. Let's go get Matthew Stafford and so on and so forth. But for me, and and the Super Bowl, to me, really showed you the two ways to build a team. You know, you've got Les Snead, who has a coffee cup at the at the draft that said F them picks. And, <laughs> and, and, and they were playing against – Playing against the Bengals who built through the draft. It really depends on your how much you trust your scouting staff 
and your coaching staff. There's there's no question that Sean McVay is one of the, if not the best coach in the NFL. So if you if you believe in that, you believe he can take whomever and make a star out of them, like a Cooper Cup that they grabbed in the third round, you know, um, the, then you you might make more sense to go that way. But if you believe in your scouting and you can get a Joe Burrow and then um, he gets hurt, you get a top five pick, you go grab his wide receiver, and then you got to plug – they got to plug holes in their offensive line, which they've done through free agency. I guess maybe that's something we could have talked about. You know, they went and got a couple of guards, I think a center and stuff. They've still got some holes, but that seems like a pretty complete team. And they built mostly through the draft. They they signed some free agents on defense and stuff, but most of that team was built through the draft. So it was kind of cool to see two teams do it different ways and, and still reach the ultimate goal. I mean, well, only one of them won the ultimate goal, the win-now team. But the other team got there and looks – I mean, it's going to be a dogfight in the AFC, but it looks like they have sustained success because they have the, the younger team and their salary cap is going to be in a better spot because all those players on the Rams are either going to want to get paid or they're going to go to the Bills and get paid. Somebody's going to pay them. So, so that's a that's a great point. So, there's two teams right now in the draft that each have 12 picks: the Jaguars and the Chiefs. And it could not be a perfect situation of a dumpster fire and an absolute uh, just madhouse of talent. Um, it's just, I don't even obviously it's just almost a stupid question to ask you, Blair. But do you feel the 12 picks that both of these teams have is going to better them? in the future, or do you feel the Chiefs messed up uh, and giving up Tyreek Kill just to have these picks? I don't even want to talk about the Jaguars. I mean, no, I don't think they messed up. I mean, and to Aaron's point, I mean, with the draft, that's what I think distinguishes a good team from a great team is by finding that third, fourth, fifth-round talent and separating yourselves, you know, from the rest of the division and the other teams in the league. You've got to be able to hit on those guys to be make a deep run in the playoffs. You have to have the depth. You can trade those picks. I mean, hell, even trading three of them, man. You, you have nine picks in the total draft. You can wheel and deal, and you can find some gems. Uh, so, I mean, I think both for the Jaguars and the Chiefs having 12 picks, that can be substantial for both franchises. Uh Unfortunately for the Chiefs, but yeah, they can still make a good jump and improve. Zach, I, I don't know why you're hating. I think if the Jaguars, with their 12 picks, if they draft a whole new team, they'll be a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you put it that way, that that gives me a little bit more hope for what they're doing. Yeah, so they can get a whole new defense. I mean, come on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, not the, not a whole new defense. They got Josh Allen from Kentucky down there. I'm a pretty big fan of his. <laughs> Who y'all thinking they're going to take number one though? Let's let's ask that. I'm, I'm we're curious. Not, we're not there. Yeah, we got there. Hey, calm down. Okay, okay, okay. My You're bad. Thirty minutes late to the show. You don't get to run the podcast. <laughs> you show. We would have already been on it if you got here on time. That's so, why. I'm, that's why I'm hiding over here. So nobody. Right. Can hear me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Jaguars, Chief, both have twelve. Then you got eight teams here that both have that all have two picks in the first round. Um. Mm-hmm. It's. It, do you think which of these teams do you feel 
um, is going to have the most edge by keeping their picks? Or do you feel maybe one of these teams are, are sort of gearing up to, to make a trade for maybe that player kind of like um, kind of a big – is there going to be a big trade coming in? Or do you think most of these teams are going to stick to the talent that's, that's in the draft? Well, I, I, I spoke about it. I spoke about thinking that the Steelers would try to move up or the Saints, we've seen them – want to move up. I think they just recently moved up for Davenport, their uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end. I can't remember. I think that was 2016, 2017, something like that. That sounds um, right. But uh, Adam Schefter sent out a tweet today that a lot of teams are looking to trade down. Like it's a unprecedented year of trying to trade down and, and gather picks, which is it's, it's, it's just different, and you might be able to trade up at a cheaper price if a lot of teams are looking to trade down. Um, you know, the Packers, Chiefs, uh, those are both Super Bowl contenders, so they're gearing up for a Super Bowl run. There's no – especially the Packers and the NFC, there's the Buccaneers and Packers. Other than that, you're – it's who, – who? But the, the AFC is freaking loaded, and – I, I'm, I completely forgot the question because I just went off <laughs> on a tangent there. But, uh, so it's both well, a solid answer. Both a solid yeah, answer. Yeah. Um, we'll just keep rolling on because we'll, we'll jump straight to the draft. Um, Aaron, you were our, our mock draft guy. You, you've been you've been working on this for months now. Um, you released your final mock draft today. Um, yeah, and, and great work. You got you got Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Evan Neal. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau and Kenny Pickett in the top five picks. Mm-hmm. Just, just overall, uh, from top to bottom, how do you feel that this draft, the the talent in here, racks up with previous drafts? It's different because, like last year, we knew we had five can't miss quarterbacks that people were going to move around for, and and in this draft, because we don't in theory, have those quarterbacks. Now, remember in 2017, they said that about that quarterback class with Trubisky, Watson, and um, Mahomes. And, I mean, Mahomes is the future GOAT, it looks like, and Watson's good too as long as he can stay out of massage parlors. But but so we really don't know. Um, It's hearsay. (laughs) It is. Allegedly. Allegedly. Uh, There you uh, go. Um, but what that's going to do is push these other positions up. And you, and you see in my mock draft here, Trayvon Walker, number one, uh, the, the reason I've chose that, and it's not a popular pick, it seems like. I mean, sometimes some people are throwing it out there. But the reason it makes sense is Trent Baalke is the guy in San Francisco who took um, Alden Smith on traits. He took DeForest Buckner mostly on traits traded away to Forrest Buckner and drafted Eric Armstead and, and Javon Kinlaw mostly on traits. So that's why I think Javon Walker makes sense. And then Aiden Hutchinson falling to the Lions, That's he's a hometown kid. He's from Detroit, born and raised, went to Michigan. So it just almost makes too much sense. Um, do, you see, do, you see a, do you see any chance to where the Lions might try to push to number one just to make sure they can get the hometown guy? Is that a I possibility? I don't think so. I think what they'll do is either 
stay put or even maybe move back. They do have the 32nd pick and the 34th pick, and they know they're in a rebuild. They've pretty much came out. I mean, they've been rebuilding since 1957. I can say that because I'm a Bears fan. Um, but uh, so, so, but I do like the head coach that they have out there, Dan Campbell. They seem to play really hard for him. Um, and if they get the right pieces in there, honestly, the Lions could be dangerous. Um, you know, you get Aiden Hutchinson here. You don't have it on here, but I think at 32, we've got him taking uh, Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. And then at 34, I have him taking Daxton Hill from Michigan as well. So they get two big pieces from Michigan and a quarterback that doesn't have to start right away because you've got Jared Goff already. Um I think they stay put, but I think that they, if they draft well, we could, we could see them do something. The same thing with the Jags. I know you kind of said tongue in cheek. If they just draft a whole different team, it could be different. But if they think they have the quarterback right, so they grabbed a, a generational talent, is what all of us were told going into the draft with, with, uh, with Lawrence out there. They invested in their offensive line. They invested money-wise in their receiving options. And they have 12 draft picks in a deep receiving class. I've got them taking an edge here. They can help continue to build on the offensive line. There's a lot of good tackles in this draft as well. Um, I, I mean, and that division is not insane. You've got the Titans who just ride Derrick Henry as long as they can and hope to God Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw the ball away. You've got the Colts, who I think is a really good team, and Matt Ryan, I think they could win that division, honestly. Matt Ryan's just accurate and just does – he just does what he – he just does his job, you know. So – and then you've got, you know, the Jags, if they hit on these picks and they got Urban Meyer out of there, which was – you talk about dumpster fire – <laughs> who didn't see that coming honestly uh, i mean and they got doug peterson a super bowl winning head coach that did it through building an offensive line and had nick Foles behind it so if i'm a jags fan i'm excited for the future now i know there's probably like three of them but they should be excited for their future honestly uh, i got two comments i for two questions so what about the fall of Thibodeau? Am I saying his name right? You know, last year, the guy from Oregon, they said last year he could be the number one pick. Now some people are saying he doesn't even make the top five. I mean, what about he, the fall of that guy? Just real quick. He is extremely athletic. He's got great bend off the edge. Um, and he was talked about at number one for a lot of the year until Aiden Hutchinson came on late, and then Trayvon Walker blew the combine out of the water, and everyone – moved him up there the the thing with Thibodeau they had an interview I think it was with Sports Illustrated or ESPN or something and they kind of spoke to him about why Oregon over Alabama because he was a top recruit for both of them and he chose Oregon he said it was more it was about more than football that was I believe that was his exact quote it was about the jerseys well, I mean, that doesn't hurt. I'm a Kentucky fan. We get some recruits because we got good uniform combinations. And Alabama just has the, 
Well, maybe. I don't know. So, but but the way people took that quote was that we don't know if this guy is head over heels in love with football. Maybe he wants some, you know, to build his brand more off the field, yeah. which is honestly, I think all of our because myself, Trevor Hillman, and um, Jamie Malloy, those are the guys that worked with me on this mock draft season. Um, in this final mock draft, I, I put all of our voices into it to, to have all of our picks. And I think all three of us had us had him going to New York. And the reason he fits is because what better place than New York to build your brand off the field if, if you're not completely in love with football? Now you have to have a good coach. And I think Robert Sala is a good coach. He came from San Francisco. I love the system in San Francisco. And I just think it's a perfect fit for him there at four. But that's also uh, – that's, that's a good point. About the, uh, about, that's a good point. One, one more. Uh, Blair, do you agree with Pickett going five, or would you t- take a different quarterback? You know, uh, the quarterback – and the, the quarterbacks in this draft, I'm not t- – personally not high on any of them, but – you're going to probably call me crazy on here, but Kenny Pickett reminds me a lot of Joe Burrow, of how he started his career. He was a little shaky. Um, you know, you're like, ah, you know, he's not going to be able to, at best, make it to the combine and invite. And then this past season, man, he balled out. And I was just very impressed watching him. He's extreme, you know, top-tier competitor. You know, I thought Malik Willis would kind of go number one, but overall, Pickett, uh, you know, growing right, playing right there in Pittsburgh, and them seeing so much film on him, it seems like it's just a perfect spot for him and uh, the Steelers. So, yeah, I, at number five, I completely agree with Pickett going there. Aaron, where do you have Willis going? Because I, I like Willis. I think he does good things with his feet. He does good things with his arm. Where do you guys? You like him because he went to Auburn out of high no, school. I, no, that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I mean, we would have been better off Auburn. He would have played, but that, I mean, honestly, I like him at Liberty. I, I like. Well, I think today's quarterback has to be more than drop back and throw the football. So I like him better than Kenny Pickett myself. Okay. I kind of agree with your take of them having to do more. Um, on the field. I love Justin Fields, the guy that we got in Chicago now. But the thing about Willis is you're betting on a you're betting on those traits. You're betting on that athleticism. When he left Auburn, he actually said, you know, I didn't really watch tape. I got to this point kind of on my athleticism. And, you know, I went to Liberty and it seems like he uh seems like he bounced back from that. I mean he built himself up as a different talent level than the sec um i can't remember off the top of my head exactly where i had willis going but the reason i like Pickett and the reason why that trade made sense to me was um the giants one of their big needs is an edge rusher and you see the top three go off right in front of them so it was kind of a perfect storm for the steelers to move up and grab him over the carolina panthers who need um left tackle and quarterback um and the they would probably take quarterback honestly i could see malik willis going there but i believe i had them taking a Quanu to try and plug in that left tackle spot first and then you know maybe they go get baker mayfield whether robbie anderson wants it or not maybe they trade for a jimmy g but they don't have a ton of draft picks that's 
that's the only question because they draft number six overall, and then I don't think they have another pick until the fourth round. So that could honestly be one of those spots that you see a trade back as well. If you see something like this happen, you might see somebody else come up. Uh, the Saints have two first-round picks or um, – you know, someone like that might come up and take a chance on Willis. I just – a lot of times when you see Willis throw, he doesn't really throw guys open. His guys are open, and then he throws to them. And if you try to get away with that in the league with these DBs, it's not going to work. You're going to throw picks. You're going to have a ton of turnovers, and it's not going to be a pretty rookie year. Now, if you've got a solidified guy right now, like – some people were talking about him to as high as two to Detroit, where they have Jared Goff and Willis can learn for a year and then come in and play. But I mean, the way this draft fell, I just don't see them passing on Hutchinson. And uh, I mean, if 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 he can go to a place where they've got someone in place, maybe even I mean, I don't see him dropping this far. But like like the Colts situation, you got Matt Ryan, but he's like thirty three or thirty four. So what do you get? Three or four. I mean, well, I guess I can't say that with Brady playing at forty-five. But uh, it just—I mean, it just—it just really depends. Uh, but I think Willis needs to learn um, and and see the speed of the NFL. I even saw it with Justin Fields last year. He had a ton of fumbles and stuff because he had, I feel like, gotten pretty far on his athleticism, just being the most athletic guy on the field, and catches up to you eventually. Now, I, I still think Justin will be good, but he was rushed in and a bad offense. Matt Nagy ran um, the most curl routes in the entire NFL, and that is just not going to get the job done in tw- in this day and age. It's just not. So so we got we got the mock draft out. Blair, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you. You know, you're – I've probably known you the longest and, and, and picked your brain the most, um, but and we've talked a lot. What – what are you? What would you say, just from an NFL franchise standpoint? Uh, what would you say is the most important pieces that you've got to have um, to be an elite team? Well, top three, of course. You know, quarterback. Me and you've even uh, had that argument a couple months ago, where I made the statement that quarterback's the toughest position in all of sports, and you disagreed with me. But uh, I have to go to bat at that. So, you number one, quarterback. And in this day and age in football, you have to have that premier pass rusher. That's number two in my eyes. And number three is to protect your quarterback from number two that I just mentioned, <laughs> their backside. So, and it actually, that left tackle might actually be more important than that premier pass rusher. And that's kind of what I, I'm, it's kind of surprising to me. With Jaguars, I agree with this top five list, but every mock draft that I see with the Jags, they're taking an edge guy. You know, they have Josh Allen, and he's going to be re-signed. I think he's a beast, and he's already proven himself when he stays healthy. But I know, you know, I think they franchise tagged, is it Cam Robinson, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. That's well, got left they did franchise tag him, but, you know, I'm thinking Evan Neal is just a freak athlete, as big of a guy as he is. I'm just wondering if there's some type, you know, some possibility if they end up re- trying to grab that guy instead and, you know, re- replacing Cam with Evan Neal. 
I think that would be one of the biggest surprises. I haven't seen anybody uh, calling for that, but you've got Josh Allen, you've got Trevor Lawrence. You want to keep Trevor Lawrence. So, you know, that's one thing I'm looking at. Well, that's a good and And here's the reason I did this. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off there, uh, Zach, but uh, Evan Neal can be a premier left tackle in this league, but it's just tough for me because when you run a 4-3 defense, usually you want one guy who's rushing the passer. Like in Chicago, we had um, uh, Robert Quinn and Khalil Mack. So you got a guy rushing the passer, and then you've got another guy who can stuff the run and rush the passer typically. So I think Trayvon Walker, just let him go over here and let him chase quarterbacks down. Mm-hmm. And Josh Allen can do a little bit of both. And before a franchise tag came out on Cam Robinson, Evan Neal was the popular pick there for that reason. They didn't have a left tackle, so plug in Evan Neal. And it could still possibly happen. They could bring Evan Neal in, let him play guard for a year, and then flip him out to tackle. I just feel like the – and like I spoke on earlier with Trent Balky, I just – I don't see him seeing what Trayvon Walker did on part of a generational defense at Georgia. Uh, the traits are there. He blew up the combine. I don't see him allowing himself to pass on him when he's got that top spot. I don't see uh, – he I'm, might I'm take Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, you made a good point earlier about all the other players that Balky's been around and – I did. I read the same thing today. How big he is on Walker. But what's interesting with that too is the owner Shad. I think it's is it Shad Khan. Khan, yeah. Uh, he is on Hutchinson. He wants him. So there's a little uh, argument back and forth between the owner and the GM. So I'm kind of curious to see how that might play out. Well, honestly, I, I don't is, think Trent Balky is a good GM. I, he's horrible. <laughs> I don't know how he continues to get jobs. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think their track record is proven. He's probably not knowing what he's doing. <laughs> but if as a as a common fan, you know, most people they want to know where is your playmakers going in the draft. And I think you know, Blair, I, you make a great point where sometimes you know your flashy name is not necessarily who's going to be and win and lose you a game. Sometimes if you can't, you know. You can't protect your quarterback. Obviously, we gotta we gotta take an offensive tackle with the first three pick. And uh, you know, I would say one of the most scariest people in the game today is either Aaron Donald or uh, Miles Garrett at Cleveland. And so, who's to say Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hudson ain't going to be the next Aaron Donaldson or or Aaron Donald and, and Miles Garrett coming up? So um, it's just interesting, and, and it's and it makes perfect sense uh, to help make sure you got a good quarterback here. Um, so we know Aaron's number one pick right here, um, Blair. I'm gonna throw it at you. Who, if you're if you're the Jags, who are you taking number one? Are you, I mean, is, is Evan Neal your guy? You're gonna take? Well, you know that's what I, I threw that in there. Just uh, I don't think it's gonna happen because they did franchise tag, and I think they're as a franchise they want to make Cam Robinson long term. So. I think it's going to be Hutchinson. Uh, my my top five actually fit exactly with what he has here, except flipping one and two. Hmm. How how good how good is Aiden Hutchinson? 
Man, how good can he be? I've been reading stuff on him where he had just a freakish three cone drill, and there was a reporter just last week uh, where he said that the Bosa brothers, you know, with Nick and Joey, Hutchinson's going to be better than them. And I don't agree with that. <laughs> Maybe I haven't watched enough film on Aiden Hutchinson, but I mean that comment was made, so that tells you right there he has the talent. What's a freakish three cone drill look like? Uh, you may run one for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't care, flip you put that camera on over there. <laughs> uh, I want to like I saw like his stats, man, and it was like maybe number two, number three all time at his position. It was something crazy. Hmm. Who, who you taking, Maynard? Uh these edge rushers. There's no. You could, I mean, do they need another quarterback down there? I mean, there's got to be uh, – no. I mean, I think, you know, Walker Hudson, flip a coin. Honestly, they're about the same guy. I mean, you can – who knows? You, you mean, it's hard to tell what these guys are going to do. You know, drafting's just being a really good guesser sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion. Some of these guys guess better than the other one. And who's going to have the better career? I don't know. But I will say that I'm a fa SEC fan, so I guess I got to go with the SEC guy here just because I know the competition he's played for a little bit better. But like I said, I think they're pretty even. So either one – and, you know, I guess if you're the Lions, you just sit there and say, all right, whichever one they don't take, we're going to take. So they're in a pretty easy position. The decision will be made for them. So I think it's – flip your coin. I think they're both going to have a good career. So you literally did everything except answer my question. I said, "Who are you picking?" I didn't ask you for a synopsis of, of the both players. I said, "Maynard, are you who are you picking?" Yes. All right. <laughs> Great difference. All right. So so let's 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 keep it somewhat close. Uh, obviously, ain't got to be the same question. But which of your players? We'll start with you, Aaron. And it don't have to be a top five that we got on the list, but which player in this draft can you see making um, an instant difference right away as soon as the season starts? Well, I've pulled up my draft over here, and I have uh, – it's a guy that I I really like. is Drake London, the wide receiver out of USC. This dude was – he's huge. I think he's like 6'4", makes contested catches. And I've got him dropping to the Philadelphia Eagles at 15. And when you've got a guy like a Jalen Hurts who um, he's athletic and he's got a pretty good arm, but you give him the catch radius of Drake London and really pair him with um, Smith, who they drafted last year, I really think Drake London's got a shot to be like, uh, wow, how did, how did we let him fall this far in the draft? Uh, type of player if he goes there or I've seen some mock drafts where he goes as, as high as the Jets pick honestly what about you Blair I really like Derek Stingley man from LSU I know you know he had a monster freshman year uh, when he came in and just made an instant impact as a shutdown guy and I mean he's going up against you got to think him at LSU going against out those Alabama receivers year in and year out, and he was shutting them down. Uh, you know, this past season, I think he kind of dropped a little bit. Uh, they even had the corner out of Cincinnati, uh, Mr. Sauce, 
going up ahead of him. But Derek Stingley, man, he's an intriguing prospect. And I think you go able to bring him in, he could be that shutdown corner right away for you for the, for your team. Yeah, all right. Blair. Well, Blair took my pick. So I was scrolling through my oh, draft. Oh, well, back me up. That's so that. took my pick. So I was scrolling to find the number one kicker going to be drafted, and I couldn't find <laughs> it. So my brother's got two more years. My third pick was Sauce Gardner. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about all these big receivers in the game. You got to have the big corners to shut them down. And I think he's got a good chance. I really like the things he did, and he has a really cool name. But uh, I agree with Blair. I think the uh, corner at LSU, I mean, just the talent he's went up against, he'll, he's plug and play right in the NFL. Well, the, thing about, the thing about Gardner is he didn't give up a touchdown his entire collegiate career, not one. And he went up against Alabama's, I mean, you know, uh, they don't have great talent that they play against at Cincinnati, but they've got a decent amount. I think they play Memphis and, or something in their in their division, but to not give up a single touchdown your whole college career, that's unheard of. I mean, Revis Island didn't even do that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. that's yeah. why Ahmad is is kind of going before Stingley, and then plus with Stingley, you've got the injury concerns. Uh, yeah. But both, both those guys, I really like both of those guys. Yeah, I think there's a, some criticism uh, to your point of, with Sauce Gardner because he played at Cincinnati. But, man, even when Alabama played them, they did not go after him one yeah. bit. You saw how much they, – they were able to keep it on the run game uh, the whole entire time. Just, uh, But they didn't want to put it in the air. That secondary for Cincinnati was tough, and they didn't throw it against Sauce. They right. saw how good he was. And a lot of that is just Saban saying – I've got five five-star mo- monsters on my offensive line that Cincinnati just can't recruit at the level that I can on their defensive line. Yeah, they right. just can't. So yeah. we're just going to run it at them, and good luck. Good luck stopping it. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what are you going to do if you're Cincinnati? Uh, so I, I think we kind of got one big question left. And, Zach, I'm going to let you go first if you haven't got to answer any of these. So I hope you're ready. Who is your biggest steal in the draft this year? Well, do you mean to give them your biggest steal? I was waiting when you're going to pull this out. Uh, it's, it's, I'm going to laugh. That's why you got the question. You're, you're. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I think the biggest steal is is Malik Willis, and I know um, oh, each of you okay. we, we each kind of spoke on it a little bit. Um, I really like where uh, Aaron's got him going right in his draft. You know, you got him going to the Saints, and I think the Saints are primed. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of new things going on, and, and I don't know if he's going to get drafted there. But I think Malik Willis has a lot to offer just because of the way the game's changing. Um, obviously, love Lamar Jackson. Um, shout out to him for, um, for having me out here. Um, you know, I owe him a lot. Um, but but I love watching Lamar Jackson play because he, he's always in the play. He's always going to have a chance. And um, it might not be this next year, but in my mind, uh, Malik Willis is the guy I'm excited to see. Blair, who you got? Well, uh, I think for a seal, uh, some of these sleepers, you got to go later in the draft. And I'm looking at James Cook out of Georgia, SEC running back. Man, uh, of course, you know, older brother. Uh, I don't really want to put him on his brother's level, 
but he's so smooth, home run guy, comes great out of the backfield, had a very successful. He was never, you know, really the number one guy at Georgia, but make people miss. think he'd fit great in a little zone scheme. And, you know, that 4-4 speed, have, being a home run hitter, be the guy I think would be a great steal for somebody if he falls right there to about the fourth round. Uh, Aaron, what you got? I've got so many names bouncing around my head. You only right get now. one. You only get one, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> you only get one. <laughs> I want to. Luckily, go we're not on Zoom here. We still got some time rolling too. Right. Um, I'm going to throw a name out that I like uh, that I just started um, looking at when I saw some Bears mock drafts for him, and it's uh, Jalen Petrie out of um, Baylor. Uh, something they do down there at Baylor, those guys just get off the bus running freaking four oh you know you know insane forties. So uh he plays he can play corner or safety a lot like um a Teron Matthew does. Uh he, he plays up to the line of scrimmage. They've got I've seen plays where he's you know getting getting off of tight ends blocks. I don't see him taking a tackle one on one, but he can get off a of tight ends block and make a tackle in the backfield and he can cover a guy as well. Uh, he's a guy that you might see in the second round. He might slip to the third. Um, but I think he'll be one of those guys that we look back five years from now and say, man, this this dude, he's got he's got some he's got some insane playmaking abilities. And how did we let him fall to the second or third round? You know. Uh, well, my guy, you know, Zach kind of knows this guy because I love this guy, and I always talk about him. But, Zach, you're not allowed to guess, okay? All Everybody right. else is. So, this guy, he threw 20 touchdowns this year, five interceptions. He had 11 rushing touchdowns, uh, 68% passer. You know, he's really, really good in the RPO game. He did a lot of that in college. He's an elusive guy, a uh, really confident guy, quick release, and a really good arm. Anybody got any guesses who he could be? I'm going to, I think I'm pretty sure because I've been around you, so I'm going to let Aaron <laughs> I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but it sounds like you're describing Matt Corral to me. Hey, hey, hey. So I'm a big Matt Corral fan, and I'm really impressed, Aaron, that you got that. But that is impressive. I think, you know, he's not going to be one of those first two quarterbacks, but I like the things he does. He can move around the pocket like I talked about. Mm -hmm. He's a really confident guy. I think his game – kind of moves on to the NFL. And if he could go late in the first, early in the second to one of those places where maybe he can sit a year, maybe if he goes to Atlanta, you know, mm -hmm. sit a year or somebody like that where he doesn't have to play this year, but next year is kind of the yeah. thing. I think he can be very, very successful. You know, a big lane train guy, and I think he's probably trained him up right. And if he can't throw the ball, he'll teach him to get with the ladies. So it's funny you mentioned Atlanta. I've got him going number 58 overall to Atlanta. Uh, right, in my go. mock draft. So yeah, uh, I like Mac Corral a lot. If you want to talk about a really sleeper quarterback to watch out for, Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. I think he threw for like 5,000 yards last year. The guy, wow. he's got a Players zip on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four years. <laughs> All four years. All four years combined. <laughs> but that's a guy that you might see going – I mean, I've seen him as early as the third round, and I've also seen him as late as like a sixth round flyer, you know. But uh, I mean, just to throw for five thousand yards in a year, 
you got to give that guy a shot, I think. Definitely. It like a no-brainer. Well, guys, I appreciate you joining us in. Uh, Blair, Aaron, both of you, always blast to get the chat up. Um, if you want to listen to read more about Aaron's stuff, definitely check out the website. puts out good content every day. Um, you can hit him up on Twitter. I believe you're at Aaron Current mm-hmm. uh, yep. on, the, on the Twitter. Um, Blair, I'm not sure how you want your followers to follow you. I get on Twitter as well. I, I have been look at this picture. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Look yeah, yeah. yeah, my bad. Yeah, again, I haven't been putting out much content. I didn't show my face, so I don't know if you even need to give me a shout out. Maybe we'll wait till next time. Uh, I'm still waiting on that article to get turned in. Everybody's anxiously waiting to read your Broncos content. The Sleeping Giant, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey you can like write that. a nice article on your division out there. Yeah, man. <laughs> all right. Well, for all of you people, make sure you give us a follow. We're at Mental Dimes on all forms of social media. Hashtag stays the same. Username stays the same. Check us out. See you guys next time. Appreciate it, guys. Mm-hmm.